Hi, this is Danny Whitaker with Devoted to Scripture. I'm reading through the Bible in a year and sharing my reading with you. This is day 104 of our journey. As Solomon is establishing his rule, God appears to him in a dream and offers him a request. Solomon answers well by asking only for wisdom to be able to lead Israel. God is pleased by his request and grants him great wisdom, and on top of this, riches, honor, and long life. We are given an example of his wisdom and a description of his wealth and fame. Then we see Solomon faithfully begin to fulfill a promise made to his father David. Solomon acquires the supplies and the workers to begin work on the temple of God. Join me in 1 Kings 3-5 to for a view of the vastness of Solomon's wealth and wisdom. 1 Kings 3 Solomon made an alliance by marriage with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He married Pharaoh's daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he could finish building his residence and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Now the people were offering sacrifices at the high places, because in those days a temple had not yet been built to honor the Lord. Solomon demonstrated his loyalty to the Lord by following the practices of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for it had been the most prominent of the high places. Solomon would offer up a thousand burnt sacrifices on the altar there. One night in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. God said, Tell me what I should give you. Solomon replied, You demonstrated great loyalty to your servant, my father David, as he served you faithfully, properly, and sincerely. You have maintained this great loyalty to this day by allowing his son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in my father David's place, even though I am only a young man and am inexperienced. Your servant stands among your chosen people. They are a great nation that is too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning mind so he can make judicial decisions for your people and distinguish right from wrong. Otherwise, no one is able to make judicial decisions for this great nation of yours. The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request. God said to him, Because you asked for the ability to make wise judicial decisions and not for long life or riches or vengeance on your enemies, I grant your request and give you a wise and discerning mind superior to that of anyone who has preceded or will succeed you. Furthermore, I am giving you what you did not request, riches and honor, so that you will be the greatest king of your generation. If you follow my instructions by obeying my rules and regulations, just as your father David did, then I will grant you long life. Solomon then woke up and realized it was a dream. He went to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, offered up burnt sacrifices, presented peace offerings, and held a feast for all his servants. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of the women said, My master, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was with me in the house. Then three days after I had my baby, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one else in the house except the two of us. The woman's child suffocated during the night when she rolled on top of him. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your servant was sleeping. She put him in her arms and put her dead son in my arms. I got up in the morning to nurse my son, and there he was, dead. But when I examined him carefully in the morning, I realized it was not my baby. 
The other woman said, no, my son is alive. Your son is dead. But the first woman replied, no, your son is dead. My son is alive. Each presented her case before the king. The king said, one says, my son is alive. Your son is dead. While the other says, no, your son is dead. My son is alive. The king ordered, get me a sword. So they placed a sword before the king. The king then said, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The real mother spoke up to the king for her motherly instincts were aroused. She said, my master, give her the living child. Whatever you do, don't kill him. But the other woman said, neither one of us will have him. Let them cut him in two. The king responded, give the first woman the living child. Don't kill him. She is the mother. When all Israel heard about the judicial decision which the king had rendered, they respected the king, for they realized that he possessed divine wisdom to make judicial decisions. 1 Kings 4. King Solomon ruled over all Israel. These were his officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Elihareph and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, wrote down what happened. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was in charge of the records. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was supervisor of the district governors. Zabad, son of Nathan, was a priest and advisor to the king. Ahishar was supervisor of the palace. Adoniram, son of Abda, was supervisor of the work crews. Solomon had 12 district governors appointed throughout Israel who acquired supplies for the king and his palace. Each was responsible for one month in the year. These were their names. Ben-Hur was in charge of the hill country of Ephraim. Ben-Decker was in charge of Makaz, Shalbim, Beth-Shemesh, and Alan Beth-Hanan. Ben-Hesed was in charge of Aroboth. He controlled Soko and all the territory of Hefer. Ben-Abinadab was in charge of Naphath-Dor. He was married to Solomon's daughter, Taphath. Bana, son of Ahalud, was in charge of Tanakh and Megiddo, as well as all of Beth-Sheen next to Zarethan, below Jezreel, from Beth-Sheen to Abel-Mehalah, and on past Jachmim. Ben-Geber was in charge of Ramoth-Gilead. He controlled the villages of Jair, son of Manasseh, in Gilead, as well as the region of Argob in Bashan, including 60 large walled cities with bronze bars locking their gates. Ahinadab, son of Edo, was in charge of Mahanaim. Ahamaz was in charge of Naphtali. He married Solomon's daughter, Basemath. Bana, son of Hushai, was in charge of Asher and Alath. Jehoshaphat, son of Perua, was in charge of Issachar. Shimi, son of Ella, was in charge of Benjamin. Geber, son of Uri, was in charge of the land of Gilead, the territory which had once belonged to King Sihon of the Amorites and to King Og of Bashan. He was sole governor of the area. The people of Judah and Israel were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. They had plenty to eat and drink and were happy. Solomon ruled all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. These kingdoms paid tribute as Solomon's subjects throughout his lifetime. Each day, Solomon's royal court consumed 30 cores of finely milled flour, 60 cores of cereal, 10 calves fattened in the stall, 20 calves from the pasture, and 100 sheep, not to mention rams, gazelles, deer, and well-fed birds. His royal court was so large because he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River, from Tifsa to Gaza. He was at peace with all his neighbors. All the people of Judah and Israel had security. Everyone from Dan to Beersheba enjoyed the produce of their vines and fig trees throughout Solomon's lifetime. 
Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses and 12,000 horses. The district governors acquired supplies for King Solomon and all who ate in his royal palace. Each was responsible for one month in the year. They made sure nothing was lacking. Each one also brought to the assigned location his quota of barley and straw for the various horses. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment. The breadth of his understanding was as infinite as the sand on the seashore. Solomon was wiser than all the men of the east and all the sages of Egypt. He was wiser than any man, including Ethan, the Ezrahite, or Heman, Kalkol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol. He was famous in all the neighboring nations. He composed 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. He produced manuals on botany, describing every kind of plant, from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows on walls. He also produced manuals on biology, describing animals, birds, insects, and fish. People from all nations came to hear Solomon's display of wisdom. They came from all the kings of the earth who heard about his wisdom. 1 Kings 5 King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to Solomon when he heard that he had been anointed king in his father's place. Hiram had always been an ally of David. Solomon then sent this message to Hiram. You know that my father David was unable to build a temple to honor the Lord his God, for he was busy fighting battles on all fronts while the Lord subdued his enemies. But now the Lord my God has made me secure on all fronts. There is no adversary or dangerous threat. So I have decided to build a temple to honor the Lord my God, as the Lord instructed my father David. Your son, whom I will put on your throne in your place, is the one who will build a temple to honor me. So now, order some cedars of Lebanon to be cut for me. My servants will work with your servants. I will pay your servants whatever you say is appropriate, for you know that we have no one among us who knows how to cut down trees like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was very happy. He said, The Lord is worthy of praise today, because he has given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. Hiram then sent this message to Solomon. I received the message you sent to me. I will give you all the cedars and evergreens you need. My servants will bring the timber down from Lebanon to the sea. I will send it by sea in a raft-like bundle to the place you designate. There I will separate the logs, and you can carry them away. In exchange, you will supply the food I need for my royal court. So Hiram supplied the cedars and evergreens Solomon needed. And Solomon supplied Hiram annually with 20,000 cores of wheat as provision for his royal court, as well as 120,000 gallons of pure olive oil. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him, and Hiram and Solomon were at peace and made a treaty. King Solomon conscripted work crews from throughout Israel, 30,000 men in all. He sent them to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 men per month. They worked in Lebanon for one month and then spent two months at home. Adoniram was supervisor of the work crews. Solomon also had 70,000 common laborers and 80,000 stonecutters in the hills, besides 3,300 officials who supervised the workers. By royal order, they supplied large valuable stones in order to build the temple's foundation with chiseled stone. Solomon's and Hiram's construction workers, along with men from Byblos, did the chiseling and prepared the wood and stones for the building of the temple. Thank you for joining me on our shared walk through Scripture today. Devotion to Scripture doesn't begin and end here. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to dig deeper and spend some additional time in God's Word today. If you're looking for a great place to start, check the episode description where you will always find a few key verses from the day's reading to reflect on further. I'd love to hear from you. How is God using this podcast to help you grow? How can I be praying for you? 
email me at devotedtoscripture at gmail.com. It's amazing seeing a passage come alive as we understand its place in the whole story of the Bible. Knowing and ultimately being a part of that story is the most important undertaking of your life. Join me tomorrow to continue the journey. Be devoted to Scripture.